One down, 161 to go. Let's play ball. It's leading off. It's time to step out of the on-deck circle and into the batter's box with me, Joey P., Joe Pizapia, and that man, Dan Harris. We are so excited to kick things off here today. Yesterday was opening day, and oh my goodness, Dan Harris, and opening day it was. Of course, our Mets didn't play, so uh, yeah, so that was a bit of a bummer. However, there were some walk-offs, some really great stuff going on in Major League Baseball, and I just want to remind everybody, we're going to be here Monday through Friday, Rain or shine, talking baseball with you. We're going to recap the night's games before and the day games that happened yesterday. And, of course, we're always going to look ahead to the schedule of that evening's baseball, the latest news, the latest notes, and a lot of MLB DFS, too, in case you're going to get into that because it's daily fantasy baseball season. So, Dan Harris, happy second opening day to you. How did it feel to have baseball back? Uh, simultaneously amazing because baseball, incredible. And also a little sad because our Mets, which was really Jacob DeGrom, ready to go, ready to watch, got postponed. Kind of a little bit of a reality check into that this the whole COVID thing is something that fantasy managers are going to have to deal with and prepare for. Outside of that, I mean, you had home runs and snowstorms. You had walk-offs. You had new closer situations. I loved it. It was great. Everything about Ah, uh, Yes, the new closer situations on day one. Uh, you got to love that. Yeah. That's always the best. So let's start with some of the big news, actually, that went down, too, because, of course, uh, that's the worst thing in the world as a Med fan to wake up on April Fool's Day and see all this news <laughs> that I did about Lindor signing. When I'm like, this can't be true, can it? Can it actually be true, or is this just a, a cruel prank? But it is true, Lindor signs a, a 10-year extension, $341 million. That extra $1 million is very important. I'm not sure why, but I'm glad that it happened. Uh, but look, Lindor is there now. I don't know how this affects them going forward with you know, re-signing guys like Conforto, but I think the Mets did themselves a, a good service here. They made this trade. They got Lindor for, I think, you know, cents on the dollar, basically. And now extending him, to me, this makes all the sense in the world, and I think that this was a great move by the Mets. They followed through. They got the deal done. No more coupons. That's right. It's no more Will Ponds. No more Freddie Coupon. It's all about Steve Cohn opening up the uh, the purse strings, and it's nice to see for a change. So I'm excited, and I think the Mets pitching staff will be excited to have Lindor playing shortstop for the next decade. Yeah, it obviously doesn't have any impact on him, on anybody this year, of course, because he would have played this year, but certainly from a personal standpoint with the Mets, but also just generally speaking, if you are in a dynasty format, it is good for Lindor. I think it's going to be a good environment. You can tell that the owners are going to spend money, obviously, and now that you've got, you know, a guy like Stroman or anybody who relies on ground ball, the infield defense is going to be pretty short up for the next several years. So start us off on the right foot, at least in that sense. Now, starting off on the wrong foot, Alberto Mondesi, my uh, my big one of my big busts of the year, yeah. started off on the IL. So uh, as everyone knows, that Bobby Witt parade is beginning. Uh, you can get your bicycles and get them all ready to go. We're going to start the parade out in front of my house in a couple hours for the Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, but we also had... Sixto Sanchez dealing with some shoulder inflammation. You remember he got kind of sent down to the 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 alternate site, yep. uh, which is also where they keep Dan Harris and myself when we're not doing shows. We already said that we are we live in the alternate site. Fantasy Pros brings us in just to do the show, and then they put us back to the alternate site to keep everybody else safe. 
Uh, and that was kind of a bummer. Then the Trevor Rosenthal stuff just kind of seemed to came out of nowhere. So that closer situation now in Oakland's wide open, which is so frustrating. I know you and I were very much into Rosenthal. So yep. now it's going to be Diekman, maybe a little Romo here. So what are your thoughts on uh, these two injuries that have come back? Actually three. Now that I think about it with Mondesi too. Yeah. I mean, with Mondesi, there's just nothing you can do. It's an oblique. You got to assume that it's going to be at least a few weeks. And again, I think I read, I remember reading somewhere, sometime that the average oblique and again they differ in, in severity but is is 30 days so i'm just going if i if i have monacy i'm planning to be without him for a month hopefully it's less and again that five out of you know he'll still probably lead the majors and save so i'm not freaking out there with rosenthal i it's a bad break what can you do i do expect deekman to be the main guy i don't like what i'm hearing they haven't even had an mri they're like trying to work on anti-inflammatories i don't know this is just a bad start considering the groin strain as well I am significantly worried if I am Rosenthal. What was the third one that we were talking about? After uh, let's see, Rosenthal, Sixto Sanchez. And Sixto by the Sanchez. way, before people jump on Dan, he meant he could still lead the league in steals. What did I say? Saves? saves? No, That's I think right. Mondesi. No, I meant saves. He could lead the league in saves. He, he could. Fine. He could. With the way closers are going, Sorry. it's possible. Steal. Obviously. <laughs> it's like it's early in the morning. Uh, I'm holding Dan, my, my mic stand. Bro. Dan Harrison. Dan Harrison. Mondesi's going to get saves. He doesn't know anything um, about baseball. Maybe will, though. You don't know. You don't know you that know for how sure. Are, um, you know. And Sixto Sanchez, I mean, that's obviously something that you want to monitor, but they were limiting his innings anyway. He was going to top out at 140, so I'm not overly concerned about it yet. Okay, yet. I like the keyword yet yeah, there. All yeah. right. Uh, before we start flying into some other action here, uh, you know, baseball is back, but by the way, so also might be the hair on your balls. That's right. And Manscaped is here for you for that. So the only balls, you know, that are out there are not just baseballs that need some tending to. They might be yours as well. And Manscaped's got you covered because they spent the last 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. And you're going to want to tune into us all the time on YouTube as well for this channel so you can get all these kind of reads live and get all this stuff here and understand how great these Manscaped uh, commercials are going to be here because Dan Harris and I got some plans here. But let me tell you something. They've got advanced skin safe technology, Pioneer by Manscaped. I'm telling you, I've got one. It is awesome. Look, I'm an Italian man, okay? You know, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not ashamed that I am a, 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 a full, robust Italian man. And this little trimmer, let me tell you, it does a great job. It's got the little light on it too, which I really like, so I can trim in the dark. Uh, I don't know why I do that, but I do. But it's a good thing that they have it. And I'll tell you right now, they've upgraded the 7,000 RPM motor with the Quiet Stroke technology, which is also the same technology that powers Fernando Tatis Jr. A lot of people don't know that. It's the Quiet Stroke. Uh, and don't forget about the charging stand, which is awesome too. So it just kind of sits up there in the little stand. You charge it, boom, you're done. Uh, it is a fantastic piece. So you can trim yourself. Pool season, beach season's right around the corner. And right now you can get 20% off with the code leading off at manscaped.com. So go to manscaped.com, use the code leading off and get your 20% off plus free shipping. That's right. Manscaped.com is a place to go and your balls will thank you. Now, Dan, uh, let's go through here. Yesterday's action. We had some walk-offs, as you said, some exciting baseball day one. And you can always take, you know, opening day and you got to throw it out the window because you see some things you go, oh, look, I was right about this, wrong about this. It's one game. It's 161 of these to go. But let's go first with the uh, the Yankees and Blue Jays. Teoscar Hernandez going yard in this one. Uh, Garrett Cole looked pretty much like Garrett Cole. And then, of course, he gets to extra innings. Gary Sanchez went yard also. But the Yankees, a lot of strikeouts, a lot of runners stranded. Jordan Romano picks up the victory here uh, in the win, and Merriweather gets the save. So, look, I mean, you know, Garrett Cole is going to have his first chance to really pitch in front of Yankee fans, which should be interesting. 
But, you know, the Yankees yesterday just weren't able to kind of connect. And unfortunately, this is the Yankees, right? When they're hitting home runs, they're brilliant. And when they're not, it's not quite as good. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to draw too many conclusions. Of course, you wouldn't from any one game, but of course, it's cold everywhere. So that's going to explain a lot of the bad pitching performances. Not in this game, though. Pitchers were fine. Uh, I do think that Teoscar Hernandez, I admit I'm a little even more intrigued than I was a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just you see like a 440-foot home run, you get excited. And it was good to see Sanchez get started on the right foot. I think that's really important for him after last year's disaster. So no big takeaways or anything like that, other than I had actually forgotten that extra innings begins, still begins now with a man on second base until I was watching that game. But other than that, (laughs) I really think for the most part, just kind of nothing to real takeaway other than a little more intrigue with Sanchez and Teoscar Hernandez. Maggie Cabrera took Shane Bieber deep in the snow, which was, I, that was a beautiful kind of picturesque moment there. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm happy Miguel Cabrera got that moment. Uh, you know, they scored a couple runs on Bieber early and then he struck out 12 guys. He <laughs> was yep. awesome. Uh, he was the good chalk yesterday in pitching. Let me tell you, I, I had Bieber yesterday on FanDuel and uh, look, Bieber is, is that dominant. This was just a weird one off in the snow and, mm-hmm. and you know, the Indians lineup didn't show up. I'm not going to take too much out of this one. We also had a really fun walk up. I got to see this one and the Milwaukee walk off too. Segura driving in that run, by the way, uh, the, as the Phillies beat the Braves three, two, did you see the Bryce Harper fanatic cleats? Cause they were pretty awesome. Yes. Oh God. The best. I, Bring a I little style. Say. I love it. I love and it. And I don't know why people don't like, why don't people like Bryce Harper? He does things like this. I don't get it. It's great. Yeah. He's George Brett with flair. Like what's <laughs> wrong with this? I, I uh, come on, man. He's intense. If he plays for your team, you love Bryce Harper. And I get yeah. if he doesn't play for your team, you don't like it. That's fine. But yeah. man, I, I think this was awesome. And, and, you know, good on the Phillies. Uh, you know, Noah pitched pretty well in this one. Yeah. Obviously the pitching wasn't the problem here. The offense was slow, but uh, look, I, I want people to start enjoying Bryce Harper and, and stop taking him for granted. Well, Bryce Harper's great. I have tons of <laughs> shares of him. I think he's going to have a huge year. And even if he doesn't, he's basically a 265, 35, 100, 100 type of guy with 15 steals. I did think that Nola in a day where so many ace pitchers were really, really struggling. Nola looked great. I mean, you can't, you can't get out Pablo Sandoval. Like who's going to get that guy out at this point. So you give him a forgive, you know, you forgive the homer in there, but for the most part, Nola looked really, really solid. Very encouraging to see in his first start against a very good Braves lineup. Uh, the other walk-off uh, was the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, 6-5 over the Twins. This was a fun one, too. I kind of watched this comeback. I watched Colum A struggle a little bit in this inning. And good news for all you Christian Yelich folks. He looks free and easy swinging the bat. I mean, I'm he is swinging you. from the heels. I'm you you, you. Did to, you did, and that's why I'm bringing it up, because I'm yep. letting you I'm letting you yep. take a little victory lap around the, uh, there, around the alternate There's nothing site. better than April victory laps. There's really nothing better than April 1st victory laps, right? That's when you really <laughs> want to do it all day long. Look, I've just, I nailed it. Nailed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. He really did. Like he had a swing against Colome where he missed it, where I was like, gee, yeah. <laughs> like, yep. that, that, there's so much torque in that swing when he had it, he missed. It. And then the next ball he hit out and Kepler uh, misplayed it there in the outfit. Actually in his glove and it bounced out. The guy yep. hit it so damn hard, but it, yep. it was pretty good. And it was good to see Buxton look good too in that game. Yeah, it was. Again, he struck out like his first two plate appearances was like, that's ugly. But obviously he did hit the home run later. He also had to steal a little worried about Maeda, not a ton, just because I think he goes so much to his off speed stuff. And that's what sort of had success a lot with him last year. The Brewers clearly adjusted after the first inning. We're just like, I just don't think we're going to swing at this because the vast mm-hmm. majority of them right. are trying to get us to swing out of the strike zone. So it was a great approach by the Brewers. I want to see how Maeda adjusts next game but yeah Yelich for sure Yelich looked fantastic it's going to be a monster year for the guy 
Brian Hayes looked good too with a home run in opening day. 5-3, the Pirates beat the Cubs. Might be, I was actually on uh, TV with Scotty Farrell yesterday <laughs> on Sports Grid. We were talking baseball there at, right when this happened. He's a huge Pirates fan. And of course, Scotty Farrell with his great Scotty Farrell voice going, See, Joe, you tease me about yeah. my Pirates. You see, now we're going to go 162 yeah. and 0, baby. Yeah. And he was just hysterical. He's wearing his Pirates hoodie the whole time. So I was like, Enjoy it now. This is a nice opening day moment, but don't get too used to it. Uh, moving on for the rest of these games here, uh, the Padres eight, seven in what should have been a little bit more of a, you know, we were expecting a little bit more pitcher friendly <laughs> going on here, maybe with the Padres and D backs. Yep. Well, Darvish gave up some runs, but I, I think this will all settle out eventually. Melanson got the save, Pagan got the win. Uh, Hosmer had a homer and three hits there. So good game for him. We're going to talk a lot about Melanson's the Padres a today guy? Too. Can I ask, do you think Melanson's a guy with that save? I think he's the early guy for sure. Okay. And I think should he falter, they won't hesitate to go away. But I think this is always the case. Managers always, always go back to the guys got experience. They like the veterans in the ninth yep. inning. This is where, this is where all the metrics of baseball still haven't caught up with the old school me uh, mentality, which I'm fine with. I actually think there's something to this, uh, getting the guy out there in the ninth inning who can do that. Yep. Um, then we've got Clayton Kershaw in, you know, a tough start here for him in Colorado. Let's not do too much on this. Right. Uh, Cody Bellinger had a home run assisted by Ramil Tapia. Uh, but 8-5 Rockies end up winning the day. So good on the Rockies there. Uh, it's nice of them to uh, come out winning the game. Uh, bad first day for Luis Castillo. <clears throat> Got shelled early. Uh, Jack Flaherty didn't look good either. Um, by the way, you do know that stuff. Bellinger yeah. didn't get credited with that homer, right? Because yeah. He, mm -hmm. Okay. I just want to make it. And officially, he did not hit a homer. Officially, he didn't. Officially. Yes. It's like Robin Ventura's walk-off, uh, you know, Grand Slam single over there. Exactly. I want to clarify that. It, it was a negated homer. Is Correct. What it, was. it was a... Yeah. He passed, a, he passed uh, was a Turner <laughs> on the base path. So, anyway. Weird thing. All right, go ahead. <laughs> weird, weird stuff happens. Weird, yes, weird stuff, stuff on opening day. Uh, then you've got uh, Flaherty, which is what I keep saying about the Cardinals is the inconsistencies, right? If Jack Flaherty is going to be an ace, he's got to come out and be an ace. And he's got to do it consistently over a longer period of time, not just in splits, not just in small windows. And I don't think if you are the Cardinals, this is the way you want to start. I mean, it's one game. I understand that. But still, it's like you want Jack Flaherty to go out there and be dominant. And Castillo wasn't dominant either, obviously. I mean, so we'll We'll chalk this one. We'll throw it away. And I think Luis Castillo will get right. It's just a bad first start. I'm not freaking out. Do you think people are freaking out about this first start for Castillo? I mean, I think hopefully, unless you're a newbie to fantasy baseball, you understand that like there are going to be bad starts. That's just what's going to happen, especially early right now with the weather not great. I want to give Flaherty a little bit of a pass just because I almost think sometimes it's harder for major league pitchers to pitch with like an eight run lead. Like it's just, you know, you sort of like, OK, I just want to get this going. I want to get this going. And he couldn't. So Castillo, bad day. I had zero concerns if you're a fantasy baseball manager. No concerns about any of these ace starters going in the first day. Okay, a uh, good pitcher's duel with the Rays and Marlins there. Uh, a yeah. Contra looked terrific there. Uh, Glasnow as well. Uh, one nothing game in that one. The Royals and Rangers, 14-10. I had a lot of Royal side of this game. I did not have the Rangers side. I wasn't quite anticipating this. Uh, but Michael Taylor homered. Uh, Solaire mm -hmm. hit a blast. Whit Merrifield, my boy, went yard. So that Royal stack with Bieber was what I was approaching yesterday. And that was a, a good first start to the day. And uh, I mean, it was just, look, we're going to be, trolling the Rangers quite a bit here 
over the year. I'm just, you know, the pitchers they're going to be throwing out there on a daily basis, they're just not going to be major league quality. So you're going to see a lot of us stacking this year against that. Uh, the Angels and White Sox, 4-3. The Angels get the victory here in this one. Mike Trout, uh, game-tying single. Notani scored the go-ahead run. Uh, then you got Granky shutting down the A's. You know, Granky is... 37 now, I believe. Uh, he is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. The Astros win this one handily, by the way. Brantley, third straight year with a home run on opening day. Bregman homered also 8-1 over the A's. Do you think Granky's just going to hang it up at the end of the year? Or do you think he's going to actually play for another two years somewhere? The day that I could predict what Zach Granke is going to do is the day I probably go into baseball professionally. I think he'll probably stick around. And my guess is in 10 years, I'll be on this podcast basically being like, you know, I really just do. I don't like Granke's velocity. I think you got to fade him this year. And then he's just going to come out and pitch to a 2-7 ERA every single year. Just guy's amazing. So, you know, so if I recommended fading him, which I, I did a bit, uh, I, I'm willing to probably even look at this one start and be like, yeah, that was probably a wrong call because he just always gets it done. He's so. just, he, he's, he's, he's just safe. I mean, yeah. he's safe and steady. And, and uh, I'll tell you what was also kind of amazing yesterday was the 15 runs between the Mariners and giants. Yeah. Uh, I don't think a lot of people expected that too. These were their best two pitchers on the mound. And then, you know, it's uh, Kevin Gossman, you know, actually looked good. Actually, I should say, for the, you know, yep. six and two thirds. He was good. And yep. then, you know, things kind of fell apart. Buster Posey hit a home run, though. Yeah. So that was that was nice to see Buster Posey showing up. I, my favorite late catcher in our mock drafts. Mm-hmm. I would say just was like, eh, whatever. Yep. And Alex Dickerson uh, coming off the bench with a home run. Another one of my yep. favorite kind of late picks. So uh, the Giants and this is something, too, as we kind of transition from yesterday into today's upcoming games is you're going to find a lot of value with the late slate guys, um, whether you isolate them or you play them all together. You'll see it in the Giants lineup. You'll see it in the A's lineup, uh, especially FanDuel. They're going to want you to, you know, they, they kind of take for granted that people shy away from some of those teams on the West Coast. Uh, baseball is a very heavy East Coast game, so there's a lot of play there. But at the same time, there's always value to be had, even if you want to isolate it or add them to the full slate. And I could see already with this Giants lineup with Dickerson, with Posey, it's going to be that case again. And you can chalk that up to the A's and a few other teams also. But overall, it's a fun opening day. I love the walk-ups on opening day. That's like, yeah. that's one of my favorite things. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, any other takeaways from you, things that you saw besides Zach Greinke kind of, you know, putting his, uh, you know, his thumb in your face and going, nah, 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 nah to you? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think really there isn't, all that much you can take away, of course, from one day of baseball, as we know. I do think that it's really about the closers because, you know, fantasy mm-hmm. managers are always desperate for saves. You did see Soto come in in the ninth for the Tigers, which had kind of been rumored a little bit. He did give up the two-run homer, but he got it done. So I don't know. Is that a good thing? Is that not a good thing because he gave <laughs> up the two runs? We'll have to see. But right now he looks like the guy who was good to Melanson be the guy. I agree with you. I do expect him to get the vast majority of the save opportunities there. So things like that, I feel like are kind of the biggest takeaways for me when I'm looking at opening day, which otherwise was just a ton of fun to watch. All right. So that'll close the chapter there on yesterday. And we'll go to day two of the major league baseball season here and start to look ahead. Now it's not the biggest slate of games on Friday night. So just to kind of take folks through too, if you, if you haven't played a lot of DFS and maybe you're thinking about trying, uh, we're going to take you through stuff in a different way here. It's something I've done last few years on a lot of shows and had a lot of success with and a lot of the listeners and watchers of the shows did as well, which is 
we don't go position by position. We go game by game. We find the things that we like, find the things we want to build around. We simplify it. That way, basically, we take away what could be hours of research you can do and kind of spinning yourself into oblivion and turn it into something that you can just see and use and say, okay, now I feel like these are things I can use. Take this, build some lineups around it, and have some fun. Uh, typically speaking, also, DraftKings for baseball, <clears throat> more difficult. Not just because you have the yes. secondary pitcher, but also because the pricing is tighter. FanDuel yep. pricing is a lot looser. They want you to play and move around things. They would rather you get excited about making lineups and make more lineups, whereas DK is much tighter, much more difficult. But every day here on the show, we're going to give you the good chalk, the things that we like. And just because it's chalk doesn't mean it's wrong. It's baseball. There's 70% failure rate already built in. Right. So let's let's try not to overthink things and outthink ourselves. That being said, Dan Harris, are you ready for today's slate? I am ready. Let's do it. Let's go. Good. I, I felt like you were ready there. That's what I like. <laughs> All right. So let's start here with Ryan Yarborough and Pablo Lopez uh, tonight. This one's going to be in Miami. Um, look, on the FanDuel side, Pablo Lopez is 7.8. Yarborough is 6.8. actually like Lopez here. Um, yep. You know, the bottom half of this Rays lineup is um, not great. You know, Kiermaier's and, you know, there's a lot of strikeouts in here. So for my money, I think this is a, a really good secondary pitcher, especially on DK. On DK, he is uh, significantly cheaper even. He is, where is he, 7K. Seven. <clears throat> so yep. you're saving 800 bucks there, site to site. And the other thing we're going to show you also is the variance, where you see like one guy is really high priced on DK, but not on FanDuel. That's like a big circle. You're going to circle that and you're going to say, okay, there's something here we should take notice of. But to me, this is the big notice in this game. Uh, I'm looking uh, specifically at Aguilar at uh, 3.3 also, uh, who's a good value on DK, which is hard to find. Adam Duvall in the middle of this lineup too against the lefty Yarborough. Those are things I like about this game. And if you want to pay up, you can. But I don't want to go too crazy here with the Marlins, but I do like Lopez as a secondary arm. What are your thoughts on Marlins race tonight? Yeah, I think I'll, I will say, by the way, if even if you don't play DFS, this sort of discussion is going to be valuable because it's going 100%. to give you trends as we get into the season, everything like that. So it's going to be valuable from a seasonal or even those lineup, uh, those uh, daily transaction lineups where you're setting Correct. lineups every day for stuff. Exactly. So Lopez, I think, is the I, I think it's almost impossible to get away from him, at least as a second pitcher on DK, just based on the price, based on what you expect. Look, the, the total for this game is low. For, uh, you know, the implied total for both is under four runs. So I, I think that really I don't love any bats in this game, neither. I think the, the both pitchers were great yesterday, but I think this is just going to be a very low scoring series. And I think until the Rays kind of get going and figure out what they're going to be doing, they're not going to be putting up a ton of runs. So I'm not really crazy about any batter in this game, but Lopez is a must. I'll play him on FanDuel as well. He is more expensive, 7.8K, but I'll definitely play him at worst as a second pitcher on DraftKings. For sure. Yeah, as a second art, look, tonight on DK with the short slate, you basically can go high-low, you know, with one of the bigger pitchers. Like, yep. Well, there's only one really big pitcher, in my opinion. Right. It's Snell. Yep. Um, yeah, unless you wanted to go play around with Bauer in Colorado, or you can no. do the double dip in the seven range, which is very doable. You want to stay somewhere in that 1,700 combined, yep. you know, 16. Some, somewhere in that range is good, give or take, obviously, any given night. Also, keep an eye on Satsugo, who's hitting in the top of this order. He's just 2.6 on FanDuel. Uh, just keep an eye on him and that trend. If he continues to lead off, that could be something fruitful down the line. If not even tonight, uh, Trevor Bauer, as I said, he's going to be 10 K on FanDuel in Colorado. Now, if you want to be super contrarian, you can go and give that a shot. Good luck to you. He's 2.5 <laughs> on DK. I'm not going to do it. I, I, you can make a case for it. I'm not going to do it. doesn't mean you can't do it. Uh, however, I will take the good chalk with the Dodgers. Yeah. 
And there is a little bit of leeway here. There's some cheaper bats, 3.5K Justin Turner on Fandle. You've also got Pollock and Gavin Lux. I would keep an eye on those two guys too. Just make sure they're in the lineup against Senzatella. Um, any thoughts about being a little contrarian going against Trevor Bauer just because it is Colorado with some of those Rockies? Yeah, I actually have no problem with it, especially if you're looking to save money. I mean, it's not like Bauer was lighting it up in the spring. And again, as much as we're like Bauer had almost an historic season last year, it's not like he is Jacob DeGrom, who every year, you know, is just going to dominate in Colorado. I'm perfectly willing, especially if I get some cheap bats. Like I really like Sam Hilliard. He didn't play yesterday because, you know, that the Rockies are very heavily righty versus lefty, lefty versus righty. But Hilliard, I mean, on DK, he's 2.3. Like that's a guy mm-hmm. who I'm probably going to have when I need to save money and everything like that so i've got no problem i'm not going to stack the rockies or anything like that because i don't think that's going to be the winning strategy but in terms of just looking for a cheaper bat or something like that i'm more than happy to go for somebody and, and hilliard was a guy who i like on a on a season-long uh, perspective anyway is a guy who stuck out to me given this price all right you got the white Sox and angels this one's a little for outcome to me and you're going to hear us say this a lot uh, whenever you see a game that has four potential outcomes, I don't like to invest in it, whether it be a wagering or DFS, it's, it's kind of all over the map. Now you can go and try to attack every angle. If you want to play a lot of multi-entry and you're that kind of a player, that's cool. Uh, for me, I kind of walk away. I will say this, Mike Trout historically has great numbers against the White Sox for whatever reason. He's getting the lefty in Dallas Keuchel. If you want to pay up, okay, tonight's a, n- a night you can justify it with the lefty on the mound. He's 4.5 on FanDuel, of course, on DK, he's 5.9, so he's pushing right. six, that max. So, look, it's it's up to you. However, I'm going to pass on this game. Uh, I also thought it was a little much. I know they love <laughs> Eloy Jimenez, he's their teammate, but... I mean, hanging the jersey and the thing and like the spring it out. I mean, geez, like the guy didn't die. Like he's, I know. he's hurt. <laughs> like yeah, I love I it. Know. I love that they love him that much. But I was like, boys, I think this is a little much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think if I'm looking at a bat in this game at all and I'm trying to save some money, it might be Upton, who again had a great spring and looked pretty good yesterday. So I wouldn't mind him against a soft tosser like Keiko. But yeah, it's not a game that I particularly want to target from a DFS perspective. You can always play trout lefty, righty. It's I mean, he's better against righties i think regardless but yeah you can you can start him anytime you want if you can fit him in and on fandle like you said joe it's a lot easier it to is. fit in the high price players and then just kind of make up the the ground later tell me fandle is loose it is loose yep. for baseball it's fun yep. <laughs> yep. now this next picture we're going to talk about in the a's and astros game uh this is a great tournament play tonight on fandle in my opinion it's 7.2 uh like every tournament pitcher it's going to have a little risk in it but i believe in lazardo also when you have that lefty against uh, the Astros, this is, this is why I like it. Okay. Number one, you got the lefty. So that neutralizes a little bit of Brantley and Tucker and Alvarez. Okay. Mm-hmm. And those are the main bats you want to neutralize. Plus you got Christian Javier on the other side, who's also probably gonna be very limited. So although Lazardo's not going to go seven innings in this game, can he outlast Javier and get the win and shut down those lefty bats? I think the answer to all that is yes. Plus last night was Granky. I think it's a little bit of a letdown there. Okay. The yep. A's go, okay, well that was Granky tonight's the young kid. And they've got a lot of lefty power in there. They've got Matt Olson. I mean, Moreland can go yard too. I think that there's, uh, you saw Ramon Laureano look great and he is cheap on both sides. I want to point out Laureano, 3K over on FanDuel, over on DK. He is cheap also, just 3.6. He looked great yesterday. I want to capitalize on that too. So I like Lazardo. He's also a good secondary arm on DK because he yep. is just 7.9. So are you rolling with me in Lazardo is that secondary arm tournament play tonight against the Astros? Because I also think the roster percentage will be low because yep. people see the Astros and they go, oh, the Astros scored a ton of runs yesterday. They look great. But, you know, that was yesterday. Today's a new day. Yes, it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know I like the Astros and I like their lineup, but absolutely. I think, you know, if I don't go with Lopez for my second arm or I want to get two guys in the, you know, 7K range, then I think Lazardo is perfectly acceptable. The A's are favored in this game. The implied total for the Astros is not high. I agree with you that I think I love I like Lazardo this year. I'm very excited about him. So for me, absolutely, he's a guy who I'm willing to roll with, especially in DK as a second arm if I don't go with Lopez. And by the way, the Vegas line tells you something in this game, too. Yep. <clears throat> the, the A's are minus 140 in this game. Yep. Okay. Yep. Just take that in, take that into account. Yep. The, the A's are minus one forty. The Astros plus one twenty nine. Yep. Just saying. Okay. Yep. <laughs> let's let's go to the next one. Here's the good chalk. Okay. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. crushes Merrill Kelly. I think he's got like a, a seventeen hundred OPS or something absurd like that in his career. Uh, he's the guy that I'm paying up for today, and it's not even that bad. It's four point three over on FanDuel on DK, obviously more expensive all the way at the top at six. So there you go. Yeah. Ring would you bell. prefer, I want to ask you, cause would you prefer he's more expensive Tatis than Seager on DraftKings? Would you prefer Tatis, even the Seager going against Sensatella in Colorado? I'm taking Tatis because of his history okay. with Merrill Kelly, okay. specifically that. I mean, he has just rocked that guy. So you're um, very B batter versus pitcher heavy. Then when you look at, I, at I'm your very DX batter assignment. versus pitcher heavy when it comes to okay. elite players. Okay. And, and he's an elite player. Um, I've already put him in that. We, we've already put him in that category in fantasy. Sure. So yeah. we all should. Um, <clears throat> also, I, I think when you look at the lineup around him hitting well, Hosmer off to a good start. Machado, that's all good. The other reason I like this, and this is also particular, Dan, is because you've got value you can build around him. Yes. Tatis might be 4-3, but Tommy Pham is just 3.2. Yes. Yes. Uh, Hosmer's 3.5. Myers yep. is 3. Cronenworth's 2.6. Profar's 2.4. That's the FanDuel salaries. And on DK, it ain't bad either. Cronenworth's yep. three four, Profar's two nine. You see a two nine, that's a free square on DK. Yep. Tommy Pham mm-hmm. is three point two. So uh, on the DK side, so this is the good chalk. And you got Blake Snell on the mound tonight. Um, I'm all in on the Padres again. Yes, it's chalk. It's the good chalk. Don't shy away from it. And you can take these kind of lineups that seem like cash games. And I'm telling you, for small, like even for a buck tournament, you can throw these in there. And you might be surprised at how well they do because so many times, especially in baseball, people try to get so strange instead of trying to get so good that there's a lot of what I call dead weight in those big tournaments that you can actually take cash game lineups and actually do okay with them. And we did it consistently, consistently the last few years on some of my shows. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm completely with you, obviously. And you mentioned all the guys I liked Hosmer. I liked what I saw from him. Yes. I really wanted to, to watch his swing actually, because I'm worried. I want to make sure that the sort of pounded into the ground part of him is dead. And it does seem that he certainly has made that permanent change. Are you paying up for Snell is the question. He's the big yes. arm, obviously. I'm just like, I am as well. I am as well. I am. Okay. Especially because good. the rest of the slate kind of, there is yes. no other guy on there. Yep. And I'm not the biggest, you know, you're a much bigger Snell guy than I am. I am. But I am because I feel like, well, look, I'm looking at the rest of the slate. I could take a shot on Lozardo or Lopez, or I can I can go with some surefire strikeout potential. And I'm also looking at the other side of this lineup, too, with Lo Castro and Escobar and, yeah. you know, Nick Ahmed and Carson Kelly. I'm not afraid of this lineup from Arizona. I mean, they're also the big thing. The only thing is that they are they are not. Let, I mean, I think Peralta is the only lefty that's probably going to be in the lineup. So they're very right-handed or they switch. So they'll, they'll be right-handed, but I really don't care. I, I am in on Snell. I'm not scared at all about the fact that obviously, you know, Darvish got hit a little harder than expected against Diamondbacks yesterday. I am paying up for Snell on both sides in this one. All right. Last but not least, this one I'm a little shady on because okay. yesterday is a ton of runs in the Mariners and San Francisco game. Yep. There's also a ton of value. 
I'm actually going to dip the toes in the water with a few of these guys. Uh, Kikuchi's on the mound at 7-5 on FanDuel versus Johnny Cueto at 6-6. Now, I'm not going to dip my feet with the pitchers. I don't, I just, not enough strikeout upside for my taste. Okay. Uh, it very well might work out if you want to toy around with maybe Kikuchi as a secondary arm, okay. I'm but okay, I, by the way. That is the one thing where I that, would be okay with Kikuchi as a secondary arm on DraftKings, but that's it. Go ahead. Now, the trick with him is he is 6K. So yes. that is so cheap. You're saving a thousand dollars. I think this is where you can go up to Tatis on DK. Correct. Is exactly. Kikuchi is your secondary arm because he's basically like the same price as Tatis. Exactly. <laughs> so that you can make work. Yep. Uh, you can also make work on FanDuel. Hanniger's 3.1. Ty France, just 2.6. We told you this was going to be the case. FanDuel is typically very slow when yep. they catch up with these younger players or these good spring players. Uh, Taylor Trammell, 2.5. On the flip side, Wilmer Flores, who crushes left-handed pitching historically against Kikuchi tonight, 2.8. Solano, 2.9. And Slater, 2.5. Those are some, like, cherry-picked things on FanDuel. Yep. And even on DK, there's some value with these guys, too. France is 3.8. Trammell is just 2.2 free square against Johnny yep. Cueto. So if it doesn't work out, okay. It might not kill you if it doesn't work out. So yeah. that's kind of my approach is just being very careful, cherry picking a couple cheap, you know, budget guys in order to build up. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not going crazy with it, but I do think, like you said, they're really not priced quite appropriately. And you've got guys like Hanegar in France who are batting at the top of the lineup that obviously makes them more enticing. Wilmer Flores is almost an autoplay against a lefty, basically, at this point. Now, he's not, I mean, he's 3.7 on DK, fine. But yeah, I think you can probably get in there for a lot of the cheap guys. And again, like you mentioned, DFS, it's not, it's just not nearly as heavily West coast sort of games, right? Most people stick mm -hmm. to the East coast. So I do think that you're going to be able to find value in these games. Cause again, I, I, you know, early on, especially on Fandle, they're just not really priced appropriately. All right. So let's go through it again. The good chalk, <clears throat> the Padres, the Dodgers, these are good chalk. You can also put them in any court of stacks. We gave you some of the names you can save and make that work, especially with the Padres tonight. There's a lot of value with the Padres you can pay up for Machado and Tatis or just one of them, preferably Tatis tonight and look for the rest of it. Cash game arms. We like Snell tonight. Both of us kind of are willing to pay up. And then on DK for secondary arms, Lopez and Lazardo, and Dan is okay with Kikuchi. And I think Kikuchi's yep. pitched well enough this spring to give it a shot, <clears throat> especially considering the trout and Tatis have such good matchups tonight, where if you want to pay up for that huge bat, uh, <clears throat> the stacks, we talked about Padres, Dodgers, Lineup builders tonight, <clears throat> keep an eye on Gavin Lux, keep an eye on Cronenworth, Profar, Trammell, Ty France, Flores, obviously against the lefty, Ramon Laureano's cheap, Hanniger and Pham. Those are some of the names tonight to write down uh, and make sure that you can, if you're looking for some price relief, uh, they, it can help you kind of go up to Snell. They can help you go up to Tatis. So Dan, that's what the slate looks like to us tonight. Well, of course, yep. we'll recap tomorrow and give everybody what we think is you know, we always keep it real. We're the kings of keeping it real here on the show. What works, we're going to be excited. What doesn't, we're always going to hold ourselves accountable. But let's have a little fun. Let's have a home run call for tonight. Who do you think is going to leave the ballpark? I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to give you the whole board. Who's going yard? All right, I'm going to go with my guy, Corey Seager. I think there are, you know, it's Colorado, so it obviously increases it. Lefty against Senzatella. I'm all about, I could, you know, throw a dart and choose one of like six Dodgers at this point, but I am going to go at this point. Corey Seager is my home run call tonight. How about you? I'm going to go chalk with Tatis tonight. Tatis Jr. Look, sometimes I'm going to give you ones off the beaten path. Not today. I'm just going to die on this hill with Tatis against Merrill Kelly. If I die, so be it. I'll still be back here tomorrow. 
They'll try to revive me at the alternate site and bring me back. Uh, also, before we close out, I want to remind everybody, you get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code leading off. Again, go to manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping. Just use that code leading off. and want to thank our sponsor, Manscaped, uh, for the show today. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the Leading Off podcast here. It's part of Fantasy Pros. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can also subscribe to our baseball-only YouTube channel. No college basketball. No NFL. No college football. No golf. Nothing. Just us talking baseball. It's Fantasy Pros MLB. That's the channel. We're very close to 3,000 subscribers. I don't know. Maybe we give something away for the 3,000th person. I don't know. I'll I'll give something away. I I don't know how we prove who that is, but I'm going to try. So we hope you enjoy the show. We'll be back again Monday morning to kind of recap the weekend and get you going. But we're going to be here every morning, Monday through Friday, somewhere around that 9 a.m. hour to kick things off with you here. So once again, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next time, kids. Enjoy your baseball and have a great weekend.